It finally happened. We're finally a real podcast. Over two years into the show, we at long last have a lost episode. So, uh, so take two, right, right back where we left off. We recorded Maltese Falcon a couple weeks ago, and we're going to record it again. Mm-hmm. Did you, before we got real into it, did yeah. you check like in the crack of the car, like where the seat is? I lose a lot of things there. I should have, yeah, you know, I was pretty tired on my way home from that recording, so I might have just dropped all the data right between the, like, the, the in the cup holder somewhere, I don't know. Yeah, I, I yeah, have, yeah. I haven't really checked that hard. The gap between, like, this where the buckle is and where the cup holder is, it's just too wide. The data could have slipped right down there. Yeah, I have yeah. one of those, like, pads that you put in between so that nothing falls down there. You gotta invest in one of those. I mean, it would have saved us all a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I feel like every podcast is going to say this, but I feel like that was like a really good episode. I felt really good about that one. I, I felt bad because I, I like that one a lot. And I know you mentioned this is one of your favorite movies. And I'm like, oh, man, I don't think I could do it as well a second time. I, I, I saw that movie a few weeks ago. I'm not going to remember all the details. Yeah, I hope you remember enough for a one minute plot summary because I am going to make you do it again. Um but that's coming later. First off, as you know, I don't know how to start the podcast. I also don't know how to save the podcast to my PC. So um, <laughs> it'll either be a quick explanation for why we're all going to be sort of being like, oh, yeah, we said that last time over and over again for the next, I don't know, 45 minutes, let's say. Or <laughs> or something along the lines of welcome to Late the Movies. This uh, My name is Ben Holt, actually, and this is a podcast where my friends and I get to talk about the Maltese Falcon over and over again, like some kind of weird Groundhog Day scenario. Uh, and and usually we'll pick a movie that either I or guest hadn't seen before and really should have by now. This week, it's Maltese Falcon. It's continuing and now ending Bird Month. Originally recorded as, I think, the third episode for Bird Month, but now it's the last one, closing it out with a bang. Because um, a lot of people get shot in this one. So sure. Anyway, we could, been, we could have been the Thanksgiving Day special. So it was supposed to come out the week of Thanksgiving, and then on Thanksgiving is when I was going to put out the special. But then I lost this episode, so I put the special out on just you know as that week's episode instead. Gotcha. It was going to be one of those weird overachieving months where there's like three episodes in an eight day span. Oh, you flew too close to the sun. I did. I got completely Icarus. It's bird month, and I should have known what happens when I try and put on wings, you know? Yes. I end up having to feature a Garfield special as a main episode of the feed. Oh, no. Wow. <laughs> that's a tough hit. It's a tough hit. Anyway, that's last week's episode. Um, This episode, which we've already recorded, uh, I, I don't know. Do you want it? Have you watched anything since the last time you talked about Maltese Falcon? Yeah, uh, I haven't. But last time I had mentioned uh, something that I'll, I'll mention again, but better now. I, yeah. I actually saw the whole Super Mario Bros. movie because I had okay. only seen part of it last time. I watched it because my daughter has gotten really into Super Mario Odyssey, and she was really excited to hear that Mario had a movie. Um, and it is very okay. Um but after watching it, I can confirm. I think it's a huge success. I cannot even watch five seconds of that movie without being like, wow, I really want to play Mario. <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess that's fair. <laughs> Which that's what they're going for. Quality, that is all they were going for. <laughs> is, uh, is Ren more into video game Mario or animated Mario? Because the, the lack of voice acting, I feel like for some kids might be a bit of a barrier in the actual games. More into the game. She didn't know anything other than the games. Like, she just knew Mario was a game character. I was like, yeah, you know, he has a movie. So she was like super hyped. And the movie starts and she's like, who's the green guy? I was like, oh, that's his brother, Luigi. She's like, oh, okay. And she's like, what are they doing? I'm like, they're plumbers. And she's like, why? (laughs) I was like, yeah, that doesn't, that's lost a little bit in the video game. (laughs) Yeah, I I feel like. More than any other 3D Mario, Odyssey might have the least to do with plumbing. So, <laughs> yes, I did warn her ahead of time. I was like, Cappy, the the, the magic hat is not going to be in this movie. I can almost guarantee you. But she was okay with that. 
Yeah, yeah you're not going to be able to turn into a T-Rex or anything during this one, probably. It has the same plot as Super Mario Odyssey for the most part. Oh, nice. I don't know if all Mario games just have that plot now where Bowser's just trying to marry Peach. Um, so it worked ex- out to one extent or another, sure. Yeah, he's he's very he's a very possessive dude. And uh, there's different iterations, but essentially he's got Peach. Mario has to go get her is always the plot. Sometimes he's trying to marry her. Sometimes he's convinced Bowser Jr. that Peach is Bowser Jr.'s like biological mother. I don't know. That's that's Mario Sunshine. It's a pretty weird game. <laughs> um, one thing, Chris Pratt's voice, not that it, it, it wasn't that detracting. I mean, the movie's nothing super special, so I guess that helps. Yeah. But um, it was fine. They also had like a, a pretty good cast. Uh, and I'm really wondering if they just kind of get the pick of whoever they want. Like, do you just call someone up and be like, hey, you want to be fucking Luigi? And people probably just like, yeah, I definitely want to be Luigi. Right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's voice actors in out in the world that do a great job, but they they don't get to star in movies anymore. Uh, it's it's pretty much just these people. It's the same people. Speaking of Garfield, yeah. Chris Pratt's going to gar- voice Garfield in a major motion picture soon, too. That's really weird. Because he gets every job. Yes. That doesn't mean he should take every job. <laughs> I think he likes money. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's sad. I, I really wish he liked Mario and not money, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't even take money for this movie. He just got paid in video games. He, he's like, no, you know what? This means too much to me. I can't accept money. I can't sell you this, this uh, project with commerce. <laughs> I can't let capitalism ruin this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. But more on topic, have, have you been able to watch anything, Ben? I know you said you haven't had as much time, but. Yeah. On, um, so we're recording the day after Thanksgiving. It's a Black Friday special. And I, on Thanksgiving yesterday, had just like, we finished renovating the basement, got the like surround speakers set up and stuff. And I broke in the new system with. Um, what is hopefully a new Thanksgiving tradition, me and my sister watched Bram Stoker's Dracula, the 1992 adaptation by Francis Ford Coppola. Little loved at the mo- at, at, at by uh, contemporary reviewers, but uh, bonkers and very, very good movie that features the worst accent work ever, probably in a major motion picture from Keanu Reeves, but the mo- but it like it works for some reason. It's so weird. And um, this is because I just like on a whim a couple weeks ago, uh, listened, started listening to the audiobook of Dracula. One of the ones on Audible has uh, Alan Cumming and Tim Curry in it in the voice cast. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And um, so I finished that audiobook. Hadn't gone through Dracula probably like since high school or college. Great time. Super fun. Um, if it wasn't for the audiobook. I probably would feel like it drags more than it does. So Dracula is all written in, you know, letters, diary entries, newspaper articles ripped out and pasted in people's journals, shit like that. Um, so it really lends itself to an audiobook because it's just, oh, whichever character is like the first person character for this section, that's who voices that section, which is oh, cool. Yeah. Which sometimes with audiobooks, it's hard to keep your place. But anytime a new character starts talking, they say their name and what the date is, which is like how every audiobook should be. Oh, that's awesome. The movie's awesome. And they changed so many things, including like most of the central relationships and motives for most of the main characters. So it's funny that he called it Bram Stoker's Dracula. Anyway, that's what I watched. (laughs) We downloaded a violent night. So I'm excited to watch that. Nice. Nice. Oh, we, uh, yeah, sorry. We, we bought Violent Night. <laughs> and I'm yeah. excited to watch you, it. You downloaded it after buying it from iTunes. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You didn't want to have to like use your Wi-Fi, so you just downloaded it. Makes sense. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We are doing Christmas movies next month, so the next episode will be a Christmas one. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, do you want to talk about the movie? I'm ready. Our first attempt at this did go about an hour and 45 minutes. I don't see any reason for us to do that again. Okay. We'll see. Anyway. Um, okay, let's do it. Maltese Falcon, 
1941, Humphrey Bogart, John Huston's directorial debut. We went a lot deeper into all of that context last time, but we're not going to this time. I'm sorry. <laughs> you should have listened then. <laughs> you should have been in the room. You should have been live with us. Yeah. Live from Greg's couch. There is a baby monitor in the room. You could have hacked it. I hope not. <laughs> um, Greg, do you want to give us a one-minute plot summary? I will try. All right. Okay. So our, our movie starts off in our detective's office. Sam Spade and his partner, who I can't remember his name. It's not super important. Um, a woman comes in, tells them a story about someone who's stalking her, and they agree to try to follow him. The partner ends up getting killed. Uh, and things just kind of unravel quickly from there. Sam just takes his partner's name off the window. He goes back to um, the woman who is named. Yep. Yep. What her name? <laughs> and thanks for the help. And uh, he realizes she's lying about what's going on. Um, he ends up being interested, introduced into some other characters who are coming looking for the Maltese Falcon. Um he ends up agreeing to kind of help all these different people look for this thing. Um, but it's unclear who he's going to side with. Um, people are dying over, while people are searching for this, this, uh, stat, bird statue. Uh, eventually it shows up at Sam's door. He doesn't actually find it. It just kind of arrives. Uh, he confronts all these thieves tells him he has it and is trying to work out a deal with them. He comes to a, a deal. It turns out the Falcon is fake and he turns them all into the police. And it's unclear if that was his plan the whole time. Uh, and they all get arrested and he, uh, kind of just goes on with his detective stuff. The end. Yeah, pretty much. He makes out, I think with $600 at the end of it, something like that, which is a lot of money in 1941. Um, so this is a Dashiell Hammett novel. This is our second Dashiell Hammett adaptation after Who Done It Month, where we did The Thin Man. That's a comedy. This is not. Um, the central character, Nick Charles, in that one is like a charming, kind of impish, yeah, maybe more scampish kind of cad, but everybody loves him. Um, Sam Spade's just kind of an asshole. He's a dick. Yeah. He's a dick. Whatever happens to him. The funny thing about him is that he constantly is acting as though things are going the exact way he expected them to, even though it seems like he's sort of just not actually getting what he really wants. And then just being like, that's what I wanted all along. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to say he's just bumbling around long. Cause it's not, he's not clueless. Like he has ideas, but he doesn't find the thing in the end. It just shows up. And it, it, he seems like he had no That's idea. thing, but you he know. would, yeah, <laughs> he would have not found this thing. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't even really look for it ever. Or he seemingly <laughs> has no idea where this thing is. <laughs> yeah. Things seem to just be happening to him the whole time. He ends yes. up as the middleman between two div between what ends up being the group with Gutman and Cairo. And, um, uh i didn't want to just say the gunsel because i forgot the kid wilmer his wilmer. yeah wilmer um and uh who they have a buyer or something whereas o'shaughnessy mary astor's character the femme fatale she knows where the thing is um and neither side trusts each other so he's sort of in the middle kind of brokering okay, I know how to get the thing to you and you know how to get the thing and turn it into money. So I'll be in the middle helping you guys work this out. And that's kind of all he does. He doesn't, like you said, personally do much in the way of tracking it down. More just tracking down people a couple times. But for the most part, he sort of just sits around and people walk into his office and give him plot information. Yes. The first... um couple times i think where he says like that he can get the thing he has no idea where it is either no he's just lying to everyone so he's, yeah, just, when, well, he's confident <laughs> he's very confident yeah when you said he's you wouldn't say he's necessarily bumbling uh, from one thing to another he what he's doing is he's like really good at adapting and he really really only cares about himself and has like a really acute sense of self-preservation 
Yes, I love. What was that? What? Oh yeah, that sounds accurate. Yes, I love when his partner is killed in the first what, like ten minutes of the movie. What is his partner's name? I can't yeah. remember. He's Miles. Miles, yeah. Archer, but and, they just call him Miles pretty much the whole movie. Yeah, and as soon the next morning after he goes into the office and he tells his receptionist assistant whatever you want to call her yeah. like have the window guy come scrape miles's name off the window move miles's ass out of out of the office i wanted to just say sam spade on the window and i was like wow yep it's uh it's he's, he's cold man he doesn't even give a shit he just he gives zero shits about his partner dying until at the end where he uses it as justification to be to get away from this lady who's he's correct in saying probably is going to kill him. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, his partner does is kind of, I mean, you don't get a lot of info on him, but his one interaction with O'Shaughnessy, his partner seems like a creep. <laughs> to be fair, there's two interactions. You just don't know that the other interaction is with O'Shaughnessy until, uh, Sam at the end is like, you obviously shot him. <laughs> he wouldn't yes. have been happy when he died. If it wasn't you, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know if that's really a forensic analysis that holds up, but whatever worked. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like the, the, his character. I was um, a little worried going into this one cause it's black and white and kind of old. And even when it starts off, like, um, I don't want to say, I don't know the right way to put it, but, uh, the, the dialogue is just a little bit different on a movie like this, where it's a bit older, you know what I mean? Even the way the characters talk and things like that. Um, so at first I was a little nervous. I was like, oh, I don't think I'm going to like this, but, uh, I, I liked his character a lot. He's just such an asshole. Uh, and it was fun kind of watching like him go through all this stuff. And I really like the way the the dialogue is just like, I don't want to say brief, but like to the point, like the interactions, snappy. like there's a, yeah, it's snappy. There's a lot of scenes, like you said, of just people coming into his office, talking to him. It's just like, Bum, 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 moving everything like forward the whole time and that that was really nice i feel like nowadays in an oscar movie like that i'll watch around this time of the year when two characters sit down and talk the scene's gonna be fuck, like fucking 10 minutes <laughs> you know what i mean yes. and in these, this movie it was like 30 seconds <laughs> that definitely i just think you know is like a hallmark of indie movies is especially like mumblecore movies it's they're very talky and slow and there's not a lot of action this is actually for the most part the movie really is people in rooms talking to each other it's just that they get to the point really quick and then another person starts a different scene yes yep um and there's some good detective stuff in here too and it is still noir so you got the femme fatale you got people going places and changing cabs and being followed it's it's all happening and while Sam himself isn't funny, there are a decent amount of funny things that happen. I know one of the scenes that we talked about liking a lot the first time was when Joel Cairo makes his entrance. Oh, that scene is his, so good. With, with his gardenia scented business cards uh, hailing his arrival. So we all know what that means. It's 1941, so we can't really put too much of an underline and fine point on it, but we all get it. Joel Cairo is the best character in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that, like, I still can't get over his name is Joel Cairo. Awesome. And I feel like if you haven't seen this movie and you're picturing what Joel Cairo looks like, you probably got it right. <laughs> you only need his name. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. so fancy. <laughs> He's a fancy dude. I love as soon as he pull, comes to the office, yeah, he takes out the gun. And he's like, put your hands up. I'm searching your office or whatever. And Sam, like, fucking beats him up, goes through his wallet. He rifles through all passports, right? Like, a whole bunch of different passports and, like, forms of ID that all say Joel Cairo on them. And the whole time, I'm expecting him not to say this. Because, like, that can't really be his name, right? Is that, like, that doesn't sound, it sounds like such a fake name, you know? It's on all the things. Yeah. It's oh. like, no, it checks out. He's got seven passports that all are made out to Joel Cairo. <laughs> uh, I know it's not seven, it but still. <laughs> he does have a lot, yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> and then uh, it's like right when he goes to they they like end up not becoming friends, but they work out a deal right away. You know, he's a, he basically tells him like, "Oh, I can get you the, the Falcon." He tells him he was 
he was going to search for it. He makes some reference. Like he's like, yeah, I might as well have tried because I could save like $5,000 if you just had it in your office. <laughs> and then he gives him his gun back and he immediately holds him up again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then he just laughs. He's like, you know what? Go for it. Why not? Yeah, you got you me. You got me. Search the office. I have no idea where this bird is, so. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And uh, it's just great that everyone calls him Joel Cairo, full name, every time he's mentioned. Yes. You gotta, right? You it's gotta like, do it. <gasps> I like to imagine there's a different Joel that they're confusing him with. I like that the police are present through the whole thing, interacting with Sam and every interaction he has with him. He's just being a total dick to them. Yep. Like complete asshole. <laughs> the whole time I feel like the police are just like, come on. Please. Just help us. <laughs> They're like, oh, this guy, we got to go deal with this guy again. I think oh, it's <laughs> Tom maybe is, is the one that's like kind of friendly with him. Who's just like, listen, I'm just like, Stop being a dick to my boss. Like, I can't really get into it. But can you just, like, tell us what's happening? And he's like, no, fuck you. <laughs> you suck. Yeah, and I'm taking your fucking badge. Throwing it out the window. So ridiculous. All the bureaucrats hate him so much, and they keep trying to arrest him. And he's like, try to arrest me. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, because he has the scene. Is it with the, the DA or something? Yeah, there's like a 30 second scene that there's multiple characters that are only in this scene. And yeah, one's the one I believe is the DA. And he's like, as soon as he starts asking questions, he tells him to fuck off in a lot of words. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. In fact, you know what? I'll I'll put the paperwork in for you to bring me to court right now just to watch him laugh at you again. (laughs) Yes. It's something like that that he says. It's so funny. Yeah. Yeah, this guy sucks. So Dashiell Hammett spent some time in the Pinkertons, which is like a fun thing that people used to just, yeah, I spent some time in the Pinkertons and now I'm a famous novelist. Why not? What a dude. Um, And while some of his characters are based on people he knew, he said that Sam Spade's based on what the agents he worked with thought they were at their best, Um, which is maybe a backhanded compliment. Maybe, I mean, he wrote the book in 1930, so maybe it wasn't a backhanded compliment at the time, but it sure sounds like one now, considering we've been talking about how much this guy's an asshole for, you know, a half hour. But But this is what they all aspire to be. Like, he gets the girl, but then decides, like, the job's more important, maybe. Um, And uh, justice is maybe what was important to him the whole time. But really, he's just kind of gets to be a dick to do to everyone and do whatever he wants and get off scot-free plus $600 at the end of the day. Yes, I think we forgot to mention, too, after his partner's killed, you find out that he's having an affair with his partner's wife. But he's also a dick to her. Yes. Yeah, he can't be with her because of the partner. And then she's like, the partner's dead. Like, we can... And she comes to him, and he's like, no. And he tells the, like, his office manager to be like, just keep her out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I want nothing to do with her. Yeah. It's weird, because, like, they clearly were having, like, an actively ongoing affair, but the second the partner's dead, you can just be like, well, then it's not worth it. You can sense that kind of vibe from him. Yeah. It's <laughs> This isn't cool anymore. Yeah. <laughs> he sucks so bad. Yeah, this guy's the worst. <laughs> fun to watch, though. You're very fun to watch. All the characters it, in this really are. I mean, we, we talked a lot about this the first time, and we focused a lot on Joel Cairo and Sam Spade. Gutman's great. Wilmer's great. Everyone's great. Yeah, with with um Sam, I did keep expecting, like... Like, so I know we keep kind of making fun of him and everything like that, but he isn't a stupid character either. He doesn't seem to have any idea what's going on with this this bird. He gives like no no hints at all that he would actually have any way of finding this thing. But he does kind of know what's going on with the people. Like he, I feel like he he always knows when people are like not being totally honest with him, and he has a good read on all these other characters, which is kind of interesting. So he does 
kind of appear that he has some idea of what's going on. So I did keep expecting the whole time for there to be like almost like a twist or a reveal where like he kind of knew everything, but it just doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I did expect it. That is so the I mean the other Dashiell Hammett we did during Whodunit Month, most of the Whodunits end with all right, the detective gathers all the main characters into one room and he laboriously explains what happens and then points a finger at someone at the end and the person jumps up to pull a gun, but all the other characters, you know, subdue them and then they get arrested or whatever. But he's kind of just hanging out. All the main characters are collected at the end, but they sort of work it out. <laughs> yeah. And he stands in the background and kind of refuses to give money back and then kind of does. And then... Yes claims that yeah they tried to bribe me with this you can have it cops <laughs> yes and in, in that scene where you would normally have him explain everything he asks them instead he's like yeah like what happened with all of this and they tell him what happened because yeah. yep. <laughs> he <Yeah>. does not know <laughs> no he's really just along for the ride he is a, really yeah. fun to watch <laughs> yeah and that's, I mean, so you had asked me last time, you know, if there's a definitive noir versus whodunit thing. And so that's one of the things, you know, the detective sets everything right at the end. And in a noir, maybe nothing's set right. And, and the main character maybe lives with this, you know, in this moral ambiguity and grayness for the rest of their lives. Um, yeah, I also like that sometimes in a lot of noirs, the main character is sort of pulled along by forces beyond their control. And while that happens in this movie, um, Sam doesn't really care. It's not like it's ruining his life. He's sort of just yeah, like, he's, yeah, he's not propelling it forward, but he also is just like, this will probably be over the next couple of days. Then I'll just go do something else. <laughs> yeah. He's like, maybe I'll make a couple hundred bucks off this. Yeah, he does. I do. I do like that. They are a little open-ended where you don't know for real, if he was planning on, making a deal with the thieves or yeah. turning them in. Right. Right. Yeah. Or if there was just, uh, you never I know is, I, what I think is he, he didn't know either. And it was just kind of how he felt in the moment. <laughs> yeah. I think that's totally, totally fair. And that it just was going to be what it was. <laughs> yeah. Cause up until the moment where the Falcon ends up being fake and Gutman has that awesome, it's like <laughs> uh, we yelled that a lot last time. It's like um, up until that point, it seems like he's gonna he's going in with the thieves to get all his money. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think. And then we said this last time, and it's, it's it wasn't really a debate or anything because I think we were all on the same page. If that was the real Falcon, as much as he's probably right that he doesn't want these people to owe him anything or vice versa because they're dangerous and they kill people. And he's seen that. I think he would have for the prospect of that amount of money. He probably would have been like, yeah, let's see what happens. Go get that money. Yeah. I'll these guys. Yeah. That's a lot of money that he was promised hundreds of thousands of dollars in 1941 money. So yes, yikes. he doesn't seem like an overly cautious person either. No. Like, even the job they take from O'Shaughnessy in the beginning, tailing the guy, she's saying he's really dangerous. They're just like, yeah, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> We're not worried about that. You know, she's like, he's got guns. He's dangerous. But like, yeah, whatever. It's fine. I'm not too concerned about that. And yeah, yeah. the whole time he's kind of like that. Yeah, he just he, he really doesn't care. At one point, when Wilmer is leaving him to Gutman. Yeah. Uh, he just rips Wilmer's guns out of his like jacket for just to be a dick. Like, oh, this will be funny. Like, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. <laughs> it's he gains nothing from that except he humiliates that guy a bit. That is, my <laughs> but he was part very of dangerous. The, the relationship between those two is my favorite part of this movie. <laughs> it's really good. And then, yeah. That part in particular is great because he's like, oh, this will get you in good with your boss. And you're like, oh, is he about to do something nice for Wilmer? Of course he's not. He walks in and he goes, yeah, this dumbass was waving the guns around in the street. And before, <laughs> basically, and he's like, and a cop was about to bust him, but I talked him out of it. So you're welcome. Now you all owe me. It's so funny because 
I uh, Wilmer is like a sociopathic murderer, and I kind of feel a little bad for him. Yeah. yeah. Keep riding me, buddy. <laughs> it's just so bad. He's like an absolute dick to him. The yeah. whole movie. He's so he's pretty fucked up to Wilmer. <laughs> You're like, ah, I don't know. No reason either. What is it? For no reason either. He just no reason. Him. He's like, you know what? I'm gonna be a dick to this guy. <laughs> well, un- un- unfortunately, I think the reason is the the outdated. I guess uh, what we saw it was what a sort of like bastardized version of a Yiddish word or something. That he was basically like, this guy's gay, so I'm going to try and like make him commit murder in broad daylight to get sentenced for murder or something. Yes, I, I yeah, uh, it's so, yeah, he's, he's so mean to that guy. Yeah, potentially, it, he does keep calling him gay, basically, he when he's when he's making fun of him. <laughs> yeah, and then I I really like in the end when he's like, yeah, we need we need a fall guy. <laughs> oh who could it be guess it could be you maybe me oh you know it's a great idea (laughs) oh he's such a dick to Wilmer it's so funny he really is I mean I get it (laughs) I like um I I also like uh, O'Shaughnessy a lot too I feel like all the the conversations she has with Sam are always a little weird. Uh, I was kind of off immediately when Sam does a, some mild sexual assault on her and is like kissing her. Um, yes. Yeah, it's that's a little weird. Um, Specifically like, in response to, oh, I don't have any money. What can I pay you with? He's like, with this. Yes. <laughs> a, little, a little sexual assault is always nice. In movies. Um, but I, I, I like that. Uh, because I didn't know what was going on with her. Because yeah. it is a mystery. So I'm trying to figure it out. And I, right from the beginning, you're very suspicious of her because she's lying. Um, and I, I think this is probably the first like real noir movie I've seen. But I knew there is usually like a femme fatale or like some girl who's like got a lot going on. So I was yeah. like, this is I was really suspicious. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. She's got a lot. Of good, she's, she's got a lot of business to do. Yes. A whole bunch of business. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of other things that we were like insightful about last time that I don't want to lose out on, but I, th- I think I could probably just have to let that dream go. <laughs> that last, I, I did so good. I felt like. Yeah, we did such a good job. <laughs> we did so good. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. So I, I, I didn't know anything about this movie going in. I had never seen it. Um, yeah. honestly, I don't even know if I had heard of this movie. Okay. Um, it's a bit old, so, but every time you mentioned it, all I could think of was the Millennium Falcon. And I was like, is this like also like going to be like, <laughs> it's going to be budget Han Solo in the Maltese Falcon. And I was really hyped because it starts with a, uh, a crawl <laughs> with yeah. the, all the text about the Maltese Falcon. It does, yeah. It has a Star Wars intro, and immediately starts talking about a ship. Oh, um, but no, unfortunately, not not that. No space combat is in this one. Honestly, I think that crawls the only part of this movie that didn't work really well for me. And obviously, it's not a big deal. It's the first fifteen seconds of the movie where it's just like this crawl explaining the Maltese Falcon, which yeah. was fine at the time when I saw it. Because like, oh, okay, cool. I probably need to know all this. This is what the the thing in the movie, like they're going to be trying to get probably. Uh, But then the first time he meets Gutman, Gutman explains it all, but like in universe and much smoother. And I was like, I already know all this because I read the crawl. Why, why, why didn't they just wait till now to like, because not, nothing has shown up. The bird has not shown up yet. It's not like I had missed something. No, and that's so. Sydney Greenstreet plays Gutman, who well, I think we talked probably more about last time, but whatever. We don't have to keep comparing it to that. I know it's me that keeps doing it, and I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, he's fantastic in this. He's a year later. Both he and Peter Lorre are with Humphrey Bogart as characters in Casablanca in 1942. But um, he's awesome in this movie. He's got such a weird vibe, and that's I think the first meeting between him. And Spade mm-hmm. is when he gives the 
monologue. I think it's the first time they meet, or maybe it's the second time because he's like, "Be straight with me this time." And he's like, "Okay, here's the Maltese Falcons deal," and it is not only does it cover everything that's in that opening crawl, but it's so well performed that yes. the why wouldn't you want that to stand on its own? So I agree with you. If I had to nitpick this, you know, perfect movie in my head, um, it would probably be like take that out of there because it's so off-putting. Like you said, this is, I think you said this is the oldest movie you've seen. You don't watch a lot of black and white. You don't know if you've seen noirs before. So I feel like it's really not that they were thinking of how people were going to watch it, you know, 80 years later, but for someone just jumping in without a lot of context or background info, seeing a bunch of shit about basically like the crusades and this like weird king of spain agreement with the people of malta and then it like opens on detective's office san francisco 1940s you're like what the fuck's going on uh yeah uh, i i i didn't mind it still because like i said it's brief it's 15 seconds and i was like oh this is gonna be the thing they're trying to get the whole movie you know what i mean they're, they're yeah. chasing after yeah. so i was like it'll be good to know about this but yeah they just do a bet a little later i do like yeah. to as soon as it ends they do the the thing where the the sun comes in and the you you see the the window that has his, the detectives' names on it and then it shines onto the floor and I was like that's the thing they do that in these. <laughs> yep, that's that is hundred percent the thing they do in these. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like all excited. That's just, I'm watching a real noir. Look. <laughs> yeah, you did the Leo meme from uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You yeah. start snapping and pointing at the screen. Oh. There it is. Uh, At what point in history did they start moving credits to the end of the movie? Because they're the credits are at the beginning of this movie. Yeah, it's uh oh, that's a really interesting question. It kind of just does that um yeah. up through I don't know, the sixties, fifties are probably the last time it's happening. This is completely anecdotal. It's not like a forensic you know investigation i've done or anything it's just in my head that feels about right right <laughs> which yeah, is not the way to base it <laughs> yeah right right it's a good movie like I'm, I'm really glad that you guys liked it i think that's the thing that probably no longer holds the title but this and a couple other movies around the same time period around the same genre um ones that I've been trying to find a way to work them in to a month onto a theme for at least a year or two. Um, as long as the pod's been going, I already loved this movie. I've been trying to make it happen. So I'm really glad it finally did happen. And I'm, I'm super glad that, that you guys dug it because it would have hurt my soul so much to have another movie that I love be, be destroyed by my friends. So I knew you liked this movie a lot. And going into this movie, I was very much, and I usually don't let my judgments like affect how I watch a movie, but going into it, I was like, I don't think I'm going to like this movie at all. I was like, I really do not think I'm going to like this. And I was like, oh man, I can't believe I'm about to Mulholland Drive, Ben, again. (laughs) (laughs) It's all I could think. And even when it first starts, like with the crawl and like, you know, the first conversation, it's, I wouldn't say it's slow, but I'm like, oh, I'm not like hooked yet. And I was like, oh no. But I got into it pretty, pretty quick. Like as soon as the, the by the time the partner's dead, I was like, oh, okay, I got I got to know what's going on here. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I ended up really enjoying this movie. It was, it was it's a really well made movie. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, I yeah. love that their little cast of characters is just so good. You know what I mean? Um, it's one thing I think about a lot with movies today: how everything gets broken into parts or gets turned into a 10 part mini series or whatever is that like, I like the kind of bittersweet feeling at the end of a movie that works really well. And it's like, Oh man, I do want to spend more time with these characters as opposed to like getting too much time with yes. characters. Uh, and then not, not feeling that like sort of, uh, Oh man, I don't get to hang out with my friends anymore when the movie's over. And it's like, I mean, these people are, you know, they're murdering and they're criminals and stuff. And, Probably, I think Sam's probably the one I at least want to hang out with of most of the characters in this movie. Yes, I think it helps because I don't think any of the murders actually happen on screen, right? Right. Not, uh, yeah. Almost none of the bad stuff really happens. Like there's some, you know, they fight like physically a little bit here and there, but um, it's basically no, a no cutaway 
shot when Miles gets shot, you know? Yeah. Yes. You yep. technically see the ship captain die, but he stumbles into a room. You don't see him get shot and he collapses on a couch. That's Walter Houston, by the way, as mentioned last time. Um, he's John Houston, the director's father. And uh, I don't know if it's uh, apocryphal or whatever, but the story, one of the production stories of this movie is that John Houston made his dad repeatedly fall onto the couch and tell him, and he told him to go harder and harder because he thought it was funny to make his dad, who was already pretty old at this point, fuck himself up on this stunt. <laughs> that's awesome. The version that's in the movie is not that rough at all. So I imagine maybe that's like the first take and then he just like hilariously yeah, made him do it 20 more that. times. Yeah. I like to think he just made him do it 20 more times after that for fun, for for the shits and the giggles. I I feel like, I, I don't know what it is about the characters you that I like a lot. I think it's just that they're very unique. Like, I feel like I can't compare yeah. them well to a character in another movie. And I feel like in most movies, you can. You'd be like, oh, this character is kind of like, you know, this one in this movie. But they're just, I don't know. I love how fancy Gutman and Joel Cairo are. <laughs> I do love these fancy dudes. Their whole vibe is fantastic. Yes. Uh, it's, it's, just, so good. it's just good stuff. It's just really good stuff. They're also like matter of fact with each other too. Like the, the part where um, yeah. Gutman like poisons him basically and he gets knocked out for several hours and he's just like, oh, well, yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> did that. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't try to kill you. We just wanted a few hours head start. Yeah, That's yeah he was like, yeah, he was just like, oh, we figured out where it was without you, so we figured we'd just leave you unconscious there and just get it and be on our way, save ourselves some money. Yeah, and he was like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah that's, that checks out. Makes sense. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, no, you know what? I can't, I'm not even mad. That totally makes sense to me. I'd have done the same thing, clearly. Yeah, I mean, they could have just murdered him when they, yeah. they roofied him. Yeah, they so. roofied him. I mean, Wilmer does kick him right in the face. But at that point, like you said, you're like, eh. It, he doesn't even bring that up. It's, I guess if you want to say it's in Sam's defense, he doesn't even mention that Wilmer kicked him in the face later. Because he's probably That's just true. like, yeah, you know what? I get that one. <laughs> if I were Wilmer, I would have kicked me in the face, too. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I, You know what? That one's on me. <laughs> I'm going to get him blamed for so many murders later, so I'm not even mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wilmer should have seen that coming. What what a dumb guy. <laughs> poor poor Wilmer. Poor Wilmer. Uh okay. Well, um yeah, we liked this movie a lot. How long was this movie? Uh about about a hundred minutes. I think hour forty, almost on the dot, give or take. Oh, okay. I feel like it went pretty quick. I don't remember yes. I, I remember it kind of flying. Yeah. Yeah, I think it does like, fly. Oh, the scenes are so uh, snappy. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. On a scale of 1 to 10. Uh, no. Well, yeah, you know what? Let's do 1 to 10 now. What if we just did that? Anytime we re-record an episode, it's on a scale of 1 to 10. Oh, but now I don't know what to rate it. Not 0 to 10. One, like, 1 is the 0 in this case, I guess. What? Dude, that's too crazy. I don't know. I'm looking at the Black Friday sales on Wayfair because I need a new coffee table. And I said <laughs> 1 to 10. Um, on a scale of 0.5 to 5 on any scale of your choosing except for stars and if bonus points if you remember what you did last time oh what did i do last time um what would you give 1941's john houston classic maltese falcon i need a minute it's not right. objects in this there's really only one <laughs> i don't think we even used it last time we didn't. I'm always positive. Um, I came up with a better one this time, so I will use a different one. Okay, let me think. Oh, I remember. Oh. Okay, I remember. I remember my thing. Um, it's four out of five things that dreams are made of. Oh, that is a good one. Is. That's what it was. <laughs> I'm going to do a four out of five forgotten dead partners. Uh, poor Miles. Get his, but uh, if you could get his desk out of here and you know erase any instance of his existence, and also tell his wife to fuck off. 
I know her husband died 12 hours ago, but can we just like slam the door in her face extra hard just to like make a point about it? Yeah, I really want to body it. <laughs> yeah. He's such a weird character. It's awesome. <laughs> He's so fucking weird. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Like I said last time, I thought Greg, especially, you'd get you'd get a lot out of out of Sam's whole vibe because Yeah. I did. Yeah. I th- I feel like, you know, just a guy who fucks with people and is like mad anytime he's remotely called on it. It feels like your kind of guy. That's all. I feel like Sam is who I imagine myself on as my, like on my best day. That's why I imagine myself as. You and Pinkertons in the twenties have that in common, I guess. Um, Yeah. When I said I thought of a better one, um, I'm realizing now that it's just what Ray did, I guess. So never mind. (laughs) It's okay. Um, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of like my favorite quote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mentioned last time that one of my favorite quotes in any movie. So this movie is a perfect five out of five um, times that you're slapped and you'll you'll like you have to like oh fuck i fucked up the line but you know what i mean he slaps he slaps joe cairo and he says when you're slapped you'll take it and you'll like it (laughs) yeah so five out of five times that you are slapped in which you have to like it I, yeah, I like it. Because it's every time. Five out of five times. <laughs> that is not something he came up with on the fly. That's just something he clearly says regularly. Yeah. He, he slaps someone and then tells them, you have to like it. Don't don't complain about it when I slap you. You're going to like it. All right. Well, like I said, it's the day after Thanksgiving, so it's time to, for me to ask you some questions about Thanksgiving. Um. <laughs> And again, bonus points if you remember your answers from last time. Do we have any turkey takers? What's your takes on turkey? You guys like turkey? I take turkey. Yeah, the bird or the food? Um, both. I, I like turkeys. Like I see them in my yard sometimes. Yes. I'm hoping I'll accidentally lock them in my fence back in the back, and they'll like have to live back there, even though I think they could fly out. But it's a it's a dream of mine that they'll just stay back there. And then I like to eat them on Thanksgiving. My mother-in-law makes really delicious turkey. Great. Yeah. Right. Uh, I, I yeah, I like both. Yeah, animal food, good good stuff. I think I mentioned last time there was a bit of drama on the town Facebook page because there's a turkey farm and the people on Facebook were claiming that the turkeys that were visible from the roadside were show turkeys. They, yeah. they don't actually sell those turkeys. They only sell frozen turkey. <laughs> decoys. You, you, put the, you put the good turkeys in the front. Every every roadside turkey salesman knows that. Yeah. You put the you put the hot turkeys up front to to to, yes. to trick the townsfolk. Yeah, they were there was a couple of people complaining about that. They were like, this is too provocative for my children. <laughs> Everyone else is like, yeah. what? I am pretty sure if we drove by there now, there wouldn't be any turkeys out, which is kind of sad. That's how you know. You went by yesterday morning. and (laughs) Yeah, I like turkey, and I like turkeys. We got a bunch. They they showed up yesterday, and I got to make a lot of jokes about, you think they would have found a hiding place by now in, like, the work, um, the equivalent of slack at work. Everyone laughed. We We all had a good time. I've got a good we story can. about uh, a wild turkey. Nice. But my my old job, um, there was a, a turkey that was kind of like hanging around the office, like outside of the office, obviously not inside the office. Um, and one of my coworkers was coming in one day, and the turkey was standing outside in front of the building. So he decided to try to take a funny picture with the turkey to like pretend like he was like shooting the turkey for Thanksgiving. Um, but he was doing this right in front of the windows, which you, you can't, you, you can see out, but you can't see in. And there was like a board meeting going on with like all the board members and they were all watching him like do this with the turkey. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. That sucks. Yep. <laughs> so, bad. Uh, so, so that was, that was good. That is good. That is funny. Yeah. Poor guy. Yeah, yeah he, was, like he, deserved it. he was the butt of a joke usually, so it was all right. Oh, there you go. I'll yeah. get that. Oh, man. 
Um, and then obviously my follow-up question is you may remember from last time, what do you just gotta have on your Thanksgiving table? Sharice. Mm, yeah. And some kind of stuffing, usually with more Sharice in it. Ma- mashed potatoes too. Yeah, mashed potatoes are my favorite thing on the table, but for me, it's not Thanksgiving unless there's cranberry sauce. Oh my God. She needs the cranberry sauce. So she insists that it be shaped like a can. Oh, you do, you do the ocean spray jelly can stuff, or you do you lean homemade? Sauce. I make my own cranberry sauce. I'll have the canned stuff. All of it's good. She makes her own, and then she puts it in a can, so it comes out can shaped. Alton Brown does that. <laughs> uh oh, look out! Yep, got your ass. Uh huh. I'm as good as Alton Brown. <laughs> yeah, at least as good as Alton Brown. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I, I always a big mashed potatoes guy. didn't have any this year. I love stuffing. Didn't have any this year. And, uh, I do like Turkey. I guess I got to have a Turkey there. I fought for that. The family wanted to do chicken this year. And I said, come on, we're in Massachusetts. Who are you getting? We can't. Oh yeah. You won that one. Yeah, I won. <laughs> Anything else? Mm, nothing comes to mind. I think we did pretty good. It's a we did pretty good. It's a fake. It's a fake. I couldn't make that a noun last time, so that's why I didn't go with that again this time. Yeah. For uh, my rating. Just couldn't make it yeah. a noun. That's a tough one. You can't. Sometimes you just can't make it a noun. <laughs> anyway. Um, all right. Well, in that case, let's close this out. Uh, thanks again to producer Craig, the boy a bear robot guy who's uh, recording this on via Discord. I'm going to immediately put this into the editing program that I use, so you'll know by tomorrow morning whether or not I managed to lose it between uh, Craig and the computer that it is already on. Okay. Um, you can find our stuff on Linktree. That's linktr.ee slash late to the movies. And your guest today, Again, we're Greg and Ray, returning champions from the last time we recorded Maltese Falcon back again. Thanks for coming back. Oh, anytime. I'm excited to do it a third time. Of course. Yeah, yeah. we're just polishing those takes. They'll be even better the next time we record, I think. It's going to get better and better. Yeah. Uh, I, I like to, you know, they we're just getting practice in. I don't release an episode until I'm positive that it's absolutely perfect. Every joke lands. There's no dead air, no stuttering. Um yep. And so I feel like maybe we want to restart this. Yeah, just go one more. Yeah, let's, yeah. Just do, let's go one more again. Go uh, around again. But let's close this episode out first. Thanks again for being on. Thanks for listening. And thanks for, uh, you know what? I, I chickened out. I was going to do a Thanksgiving thing at the end there. But uh, I don't know. I'm not feeling it anymore. I lost confidence in it halfway through the line. So I'll just say bye. See ya. Thanks, guys. No problem. See ya. See ya.